Hey, I'm Michael Dorinda. And I'm Jake Bennett. And welcome to episode 93 of the North Meet South web podcast. Chicka chicka Janet. 93, episode 93. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. It is Easter's Eve over here. Uh oh. And I've got it a little one up. Easter. Hold on. Hold on. Easter Sunday. Hold oh. Here. No chocolate. No bunny. No bunny for you. All right. I'll be right back. Go to sleep that. or the bunny one won't second. stop. <laughs> Are there Easter songs? Like there's Christmas carols, but are there Easter songs? Easter songs. Because he lives. I suppose they're mostly religious. Oh, there's hot cross buns. Hot cross buns. Hot cross buns. One a penny, two a penny. Hot cross buns. I don't know how hot cross buns is an Easter song. I don't, well, Somebody I don't know why hot cross buns are only for Easter. Let's be fair. Like I would happily buy... Someone said to post it on Facebook. One of my friends said, "Oh, eating finally eating hot cross buns on the right day." And I said, "Any day with a Y in it is the right day to eat hot mm. cross buns." Mm-hmm. Why restrict good, yourself to Easter Sunday when you can have hot cross buns anytime you day? like? That's right. I couldn't agree more. I mean, they come out as as soon as you know they put away uh, the day after Christmas. Basically, they're on the shelves here in the shops. Start buying them. I'm not sure if I know what my hot cross goes, buns are. I don't know. I mean, I've seen the song. Really. I don't know. So do you have do you have fruit bread? Like it's a yeasty uh, uh, whole meal kind of like it's a dark bread. They are can't believe it's not it. a thing. You're missing out. My mum's like, I don't know why they're putting them out. It's just been Christmas and they're already putting out stuff for Easter. And I'm like, but okay, that's fine. She goes, I don't like them anyway. I said, what does it matter if they're putting them out <laughs> at the day after Christmas if you don't eat them anyway? Dude, I'm going to have to get me so, some hot cross buns. Yeah, like, we don't, pretty you know, like, I've never really had these. I mean, like, I've, I don't know. Have you ever heard of, like, stolen bread? Stolen, stolen bread. bread? Is that what it is? Stolen bread? Yeah, stolen Authentic. bread. Stolen. 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 It's German. Stolen bread. Yeah. It's yeah, is stolen that, bread. Is that similar? Stolen. Is that similar to hot cross buns? Not really. Uh, is a yeast bread that is baked with dry fruits, candied citrus peel, nuts, and spices. Hmm. Maybe. Yeah, it'd be it'd be a similar That's probably the closest I've ever had. Stalin bread. I and mean, I used to have no. that every Christmas. Yeah, maybe not. No. All right. Well this the anyway. list is the list is growing longer of things I need to do when I come over to Australia. Every every time we talk, we make, it's we like some hey man, when I get over to Australia, we're gonna have to do that. One of them mm-hmm. I hear is uh going to uh McDonald's and getting a drink and then not getting a refill. I hear that's one of the things I need to do. <laughs> <laughs> Hempill, Hempill, and Wathen. Yep. Just they give me crap about heck? that. All these years later, what the heck? You don't get a because we don't have an, We don't. We don't need to uh, stoke the obesity problem. Okay, you Dude, want it's another? So funny. You I want remember another when, drink. You just go and buy another drink. I remember when free refills were not a thing. I remember when that was not a deal. And then I remember mm. when it became a deal. McDonald's was like the first one yeah. to do it and being like, "Oh my gosh, yeah. free refills! You just get a refill for free? Like how in the world?" Pretty they used amazing. to do it in Hungry Jacks, which was which is our version of Burger King, but it's um it's just uh, they've people, done away with it. People take it for a ride, yeah. I think it's very rare that you'll see. There's still a couple that that still do it if you eat in, but no one, especially now, no one's eating in COVID right. times. Right, right. It's all delivery. You'd have so. to, you'd have to go think, up and ask, and they'd give you like a dirty look, and they'd be like, mm. <sighs> sigh loudly, and then they'd give you yeah. a refill. <laughs> I think the the bigger crime here is the fact that our large is. Like your regular size over there, oh, like eight ounce. Like, yeah, you ask for a large fries over there, and you've got enough to feed a family over here. Yep. 
Yep. Yep. <laughs> That's funny. So yeah, dude, man, I there's um I've never gotten it, but there is a drink at Sonic, which is called a Route 44, and it's a 44 ounce soda. Holy cow. That's a big that's a soda. Lot of soda. That's a big that's soda. A, that's a big soda. That's enough to feed a family right there. In milliliters. What's that in real measurement? It's oh, a liter. 1.3 <laughs> liter. That is. So we can, oh, you can buy word. a 1.25 liter of drink, but that's the kind of thing that you would put in your fridge and you'd get like five servings out of it. They, they, get, they have even bigger ones. Not, not at Sonic, but like at some gas stations, they have like even bigger than that. I've seen people that just... They have these mugs they carry around. It's like literally, it's like they carry around like a, a, a like a yeah, like a liter and a half of like soda. It's insane. It's insane. It's unreal, unreal. But hey, so what's, speaking uh, of new, speaking of weights and sizes, yeah. No, so what's new for me? Uh, I'll tell you. Uh, what's really bumming me out right now is that Wilbur Powery is no longer on my team. I saw that. What's going on? He's is he going to work where Yaz is? Is that yes. what's happening? Yes, he is. And I told him it's so funny. One day he messaged me. He's like, "Hey, dude, you got a second to talk?" I'm like, "Uh oh." And that's all <laughs> he said. He didn't say about whatever. He just said, "Hey, you have a second to talk." And I said, uh, "This mm. is what I said." I said, "If you're work, if you're going to work with Yaz, I'm going to puke." And he was like, "What?" <laughs> like so random because I had just seen like maybe three days ago Yaz had posted like. Super excited to have some new Laravel devs joining the team. And I was like, so help me if you're going to work with Yaz. And sure enough, he's like, actually, I am. I'm like, come on, man. You're killing That's me That's rough. That's rough that he had already accepted the position and that some and and that Yaz had already announced that they were bringing on new people before he told you that he was leaving. Dude, it was a massive bummer. Massive bummer. But honestly, man, that- it's a really... It's a really so, I totally understand it because it's a crazy good opportunity for him. Mm-hmm. It's, he's going to be working with more devs than he was working with on us and, and our team. And they're all remote. So it's not like yeah. he feels like he's the only remote, right? Like, and we really right. try to make he's, their... he's not in the US. Is he? Correct. He's in, in Puerto he's in Rico in, or something uh, like that? Costa Rica. Costa Rica. Yeah. Sorry um, about that, Wilbur. No worries. No, honestly, it's. Kind I'm of sure a, there's it's like kind a, of a thing. Joke. Like if you mix up joke. Costa Rica with Puerto Rico and things like that, they just get mad. It's a joke because we actually uh, two other folks that are on our team who know Wilbur, who have you know been like on a lot of calls with Wilbur. Mm-hmm. Um, they were talking about him on one of our live stream shows that we do for the entire company, and they said multiple times that he was from Puerto Rico. <laughs> <laughs> I want to ask what that is in a minute. But yeah, they wanted. They were like, "Oh yeah, Wilbur from Puerto Rico." And like, he's not from Puerto Rico, guys. He's Costa Rica. He's actually Hondur. He's Honduran. He's from Honduras, and then he moved mm-hmm. to Costa Rica to study. Is that a Cadbury egg? I might focus. It's a Ferrero Rocher egg. Mmm, even better. Even better. Mm. So yeah, yeah. Oh, oh dang, there it is. I've never had one of those. So yeah, so he's he's going to uh, he's going to work with Yaz and that team over there, and it's a it's a really really great opportunity for him. And so I'm I'm excited for him. Mm-hmm. And um, so he still might have some availability. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. He, I mean, he gave me like a month notice. So it's not like it was just like, I'm going to leave you guys high and dry. He's been really, really yeah. awesome about yeah, it. Good. And so he's been a really great member of the team. So now we're looking for a, now we're looking for the next member of the dev team. So it's nice. been pretty good. I was asking. It's always, uh, depends on how well you know your team and whether or not you're shocked when they say that they're going to leave. Mm-hmm. Because when when Aaron said that he was he'd taken a accepted a new position, like I kind of 
already like it wasn't a shock to me that he'd accepted a position Mm -hmm. and so you know you kind of feel bad because you you put this team together and and it's worked well and they're good people but at the same time there comes a point where if people are content you know they're going to stay but if if they want to advance or they want to do something different which is what he ended up doing he accepted a position as a cto that was that was never going to happen where where he was on my team so you know you you feel kind of bad because you know you're breaking up the team and and all of that but at the same time you feel pretty good as a as a as a people leader because you have had someone on your team that has progressed to where they they feel like they can take the next step in their in their journey you know in in, yeah. in their career and so that kind of offsets it and you know and then he left and then I left anyway so it didn't really matter to me sure <laughs> sure and it's been good because yeah that's true <laughs> You just you didn't just break up the team. You destroyed the team. You oh you obliterated the team. Just both of you guys leaving. Bro, it's just like, yeah, yeah. It's there's only so many. There's only so many devs, Laravel devs in Australia. So I'm sure it's getting more and more popular, though. I mean, that's the thing. Like I was listening to Mohammed Syed on the Laravel podcast, and um, we were just talking about like he's like, yeah, the most popular framework here is is Laravel. I'm like, wow, that's cool. So, I mean, I think no. that's starting to become more of a thing around other places in the world. Um, mm. I don't know. I just had a guy contact me from Nepal and he was like, oh, yeah, I've worked with, I've worked for companies in Australia and in the U.S. And it looks like he's done actually quite a, quite a bit of work in Australia. I think you guys are a bit closer to his time zone than we are. But but uh, yeah, I think so. <clears throat> Wilbur was awesome. And the he was like one hour difference from our time zone, which worked really well. Mm. But we were never able to get him up to the U.S. We could not <clears throat> get his visa approved. With yeah. everything, I mean, we literally did everything we could possibly. We sent like letters. We, you know, gave him anything that he would have possibly needed to go to the, the, you know, the customs what the consulate. Know, what this? Yeah. consulate. Thank you, and um, and get it approved. And they just never would do it. And so it was super frustrating because we really wanted to like get him up here and you know mm-hmm. set him up, have him come up for a week or two or whatever. And um, maybe to be easier now with a new president. No, that's definitely what it was. I mean, like when that's for sure what it was. I mean, when they when he was hired, it was like two years ago. And mm-hmm. so it was totally just during that time. It was like the whole, you know, no Mexico border crossers, yeah. blah, blah, build blah, blah, the wall, blah. build the wall, build the wall. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And so just they were denying everything. You can and have so, them on your payroll so long as they're not in the country. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of crazy. So. Mm. Um, like he was hired as a, like he was actually because of that we had to, we hired him as like a contractor. So basically, he was like a full time mm-hmm. contractor. So the cool thing is like if he wanted to do any contract work for us, we already have all the channels set up. Like you know, like if I was like, yeah. hey, I have a couple things I want to you know, this is gonna take a couple hours if you have any time. We already have all the channels set up for payment and for all that stuff and all that. So, so that's that's sort of nice too. And um, mm-hmm. and he's said as much like, hey, if you guys have a couple things you need done or whatever you need a little bit of extra capacity i you know if you have stuff that's not an emergency just shoot it over and i'd be happy to work on it as i have time mm-hmm. so so that's yeah, kind of nice too good. yeah yeah so handy. that's kind of like that's what's going on here um other other news is that we just we finally launched our new phone system and it's got an api which has been really cool so now we can make calls on behalf of our agents which is nice uh, we mm-hmm. can pause recording of phone calls. We can resume recording of phone calls. We can check how many phone calls they have in their queue. We can do all sorts of stuff with this API. So the API is great. Their UI nice. is absolute hot garbage. It is freaking <laughs> garbage. I can't even tell you enough how terrible it is. 
And yeah. when you ask, like, hey, does it have the ability to do this? They're like, yeah, yeah, it does. Okay, go, great, great. And um, so basically, once we got into it, though, it was like, yeah, this is horrible. This is really, really bad. Mm. And so since they had an API, we ended up building our own UI on top of their API, which their API works pretty reliably. That's good. UI is hot, 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 steaming pile of trash. It's so bad. <laughs> And so anyway, yeah, that's been that's been interesting. That's been a sort of a journey trying to figure that all out. And um, so I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. But that's been like pretty much all I've been doing for the last feels like month is just that. Yeah. Uh, but Wilbur was a big part of uh, building our custom UI for that. And that turned out really awesome. Really, really awesome. I think I actually mm. sent you some screenshots for that. And you had some comments. You said, yeah, about, you said some components that you were yeah, sent through. Yeah. yeah. And so th- I mean, basically what I sent you guys is what we ended up going with. And it, mm-hmm. it's working amazingly, really, really well. So nice, yeah, pretty That's stoked good. about that. Yeah, it's um now now that I work for a voice provider, I I can see why like it's it's hard because there's so many different ways to achieve the same thing. And I think mm-hmm. we spoke about this when I started at my at my current gig that you know when you when a phone call comes in, you can route it to an IVR like an auto attendant, or you could send yep. it to an extension directly, or sure. you can send it to a ring group or whatever. Because there's all these different ways of achieving the same outcomes. Yeah, it's really hard because you want to have the flexibility to to do it any way you want, which means that there's a lot of steps. Like there's there's a lot less affordances in like I want to send this number to this extension. You know, and it's just like a one screen, one step thing. Like, what's the number? What's the extension? It's it's more like a build your own flowchart thing through all the different steps, which makes it yeah. kind of tricky. So I think ours, ours is really good considering that, you know, there's not a nice way of doing it. But I did suggest maybe there's some like templated ways you could do it. Like here is a form if you want to do this and it just asks you for all the the inputs as opposed to saying like go to this thing and then click here to create a new why thing and then click through that so we've got this idea of like stacked modals to to borrow a phrase from from jonathan rennick yeah where you could go from from like the the, the point of entry is a number so number routing and you could say like i want to send this to a ivr and if you haven't created the ivr you can then create the ivr which pops up another modal on that and then from that you can create an extension and from that you could create a voicemail and from that you could create a like a, a greeting for that voicemail and so you, you can like come up the stack and then back down the stack all in sort of one place. But it's, yeah, it's, it. I, I get why it's easy for it to just be a, a terrible user experience. Because yeah. it's just really hard to lay that up in a nice way. It is hard and to especially predict, like, like everything that's going to happen. But like, it feels like there are some things that are like common sense. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Um, and just and it's tricky because a lot of a lot of people that have these phone systems that are like migrating to to cloud hosted phone systems they're coming from you know Cisco call managers and we've got a company here called Commander that do like you know it's a big physical box that you run physical lines into and then you pay a, a company to install it and a consultant that will come in and sit down with you and flowchart everything and then they will build it on your behalf so going from like the phone system just works by itself and if it doesn't we call a person to it's just a web app that you log into and do stuff. And so not not a lot of people are necessarily technically capable of that and they get scared yeah. scared off trying to do it themselves, especially when there's so many different options. It gets a bit overwhelming. So I, I get that for sure. Yeah. So so we have um, you know, what you so okay, tell me if this is difficult. Maybe you know, maybe you don't. This is how I would typically expect it to work, right? You call, hey, thanks for calling. 
Um, if you know your party's extension, you can dial it at any time. Otherwise, please listen to the following options, right? Mm-hmm. Press one for this, press two for this, press three for this, or stay on the line to reach a customer service representative. Mm-hmm. That's it, right? Yeah. And then if the company is closed, it just goes to like, hey, there's currently no agents available to take your phone call. Please leave a message. We'll get back with you as soon as we can, right? That that yeah. seems like it'd be relatively easy. Okay. So how about this? Like when you when you do that, if you dialed an extension that was incorrect, so let's say you dialed like 323. There is mm-hmm. no extension 323. How difficult would it be to just say, you've entered an incorrect extension. Please listen again. Or like, you know, and then like di- mm-hmm. flip you back to the beginning. Like, is that possible in yours? Like, is that something that you could do? Does that seem like a common sense thing to do? Common sense, yes. I'm sure that we do it, but I don't know off the top of my head. Like, I know that we have the ability, like there's a checkbox that says allow dialing extensions. Um, and that way you just do it. But I don't know what happens if you dial an invalid one, whether it just plays the messages again or not. Even if it did that, even if it just played the messages mm-hmm. again, you'd be like, okay, that's acceptable. Like right now ours, it's like if you dial the extension, but you never press the pound symbol. Just times it, out. <laughs> it just sits there. Literally just yeah. sits there for like two minutes. And waits. Yeah. And waits. And then it and then it, it does and then it doesn't yeah. redirect you back. It drops the call. Yeah. It just hangs that, up. That like, I what? know is is tricky because you need to instruct the phone system like what it's waiting for. Like and it doesn't know in the context. Like everything is just a whole bunch of switches, right? So it doesn't know in the context of you pushing one, two, three, if that's IVR option one, two, three, and you're still like it doesn't know that there's one one hundred and twenty you know, 1,234 options. Like it could be waiting for you to push four and go one, two, three, four. It doesn't, it doesn't know that it can't, it doesn't look ahead. So, you know, if it's expecting one, two, three, and then pound and you don't press pound, then, you know, I think probably the smarter option is to have that timeout and to just like loop back to the start of the the auto attendant. Yes. But, you know, it depends on, on what the phone system is built on top of and, and whatever else. So, yeah. So it seems like when we were like, it seems like we're like there, it almost feels like we're their first client ever. Like we're asking mm-hmm. them questions. They're like, hmm, that's a good question. Um, we're going to have to ask an engineer. I'm like, seriously, yeah. people like this seems like the most yeah. common. Like I've called, I've called a million phone trees in my life. And like, that's exactly what they say. Dial extension mm-hmm. or listen to our menu options. Could also come down to the size of the company. Like I know from being on, on both sides of, of the company I'm at now, being a customer and now being a uh, an employee that there are certain things that sure they might be available in other phone systems but in a in a business like it may just be that you've gone to a company you know maybe because they were cheaper and it looked like they had the, the options or whatever that you needed but it could also be that they've never serviced a company as big as yours where your needs are are certainly different like when I was at my last job we were asking for things that were technically possible for the company but because their focus was predominantly around like business phones, not as not not a contact center. Like a contact center is very different. A, a contact center with with a hundred people in it is very different to just a business with a hundred people in it. Hundred percent, you know, in a hundred phone yes. lines. So you know, whilst it might seem like the requirements would be the same, if you've got a hundred customers that are just a hundred businesses with a hundred staff, and you've got one customer that's a contact center with a hundred staff. Where are you spending your time? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Yeah. You're spending it on the business half, right? And so spending on the on the product that you know is the yes, majority of your customers. Right. 
And I think the problem is we have both. So we have a collection floor, which is like 60 people. And then the rest mm-hmm. of the company is like back office. And so you have like other yeah. people who need to get voicemails and need to see like if that agent isn't available and you transfer to their extension and they're not available, send it to their voicemail immediately. And they should yeah. have a personalized greeting. And this company specializes in the collection or like the call center portion of it. So for them, it's mm-hmm. like, well, why would you need a voicemail? Like we're all just call center agents. Like you just have a general voicemail inbox. It's like, no, no, yeah. no. Yeah. We need a single person to be assigned a single extension that has their own voicemail uh-huh. box. And they're like, oh, well, we don't do that. It's like, what the heck? Yeah. We asked if you had voicemail and you just assume, well, of course you have voicemails for individuals. There's why no private you? questions. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. It's like, so anyway. Yeah, we got ourselves into a bit of a pickle, but we fixed it ourselves. And so, uh, That's good. yeah. And then porting of numbers. Holy crap, dude. Number that porting is, is a dirty, that dirty, is dirty, a dirty business. freaking disaster mess. My gosh. They were like, yep, hey, we're going to have them all ported on Tuesday, 1030. Great. Like, we don't have any idea. We're just like super naive and like, okay, I guess that's a possible thing. Like, we have like 150 numbers reporting, right? No, no. That was for one number. One number was getting ported on that time and that date. And it was a person, apparently a new guy doing it. This is his first time. And so (laughs) needless to say, a week and a half later, we're still waiting on certain numbers to get ported. Like it's just insanity. It is insanity. Here's what we had to do. Yeah, number, Number porting is no good. Okay, here's what we had to do. There was one provider that could not port our numbers. And the rest of them, we could all handle through online portal, right? We could just like go in and redirect them. So this one, though, could not do it. So what we had to do is we had to go in to where our fiber came in and then where it went from fiber to Ethernet and then from Ethernet to PRI lines and PRI to SIP lines, whatever. We had to unplug it so that it would fall back to our fallback number, which we set to be the inbound number of the other phone service. So we literally had to go in and unplug it, physically unplug it, so that it Mm -hmm. would redirect to the backup Mm -hmm. number because that's the only thing we could control with this provider. Holy crap. It was just like held together by duct tape. It's insane. The old PSTN sort of phone system was never built for this this kind of stuff, but it is... It's it is kind of gross. the The whole like number porting thing is not like we accept your port. It's we didn't reject your port kind of thing. <laughs> you know, if we don't if we don't give you a oh rejection within within three business days, then assume that it's going to go ahead. This is same with like direct debit, um, like bank oh, sure, transfers sure, and things yeah. like that. The the bank the bank that you are taking money like if you are my customer and I was debiting money from your account, the bank would not say yes, you can have this money. Uh, the bank would just not respond with a rejection within three days. So if you didn't get a rejected, you know, a rejected transfer within three business days, then you can assume that that money is now yours, kind oh of thing. Word. So, wow. yeah, number number porting is horrible. And and depending, because uh, our our main telco in Australia, their primary contact center is based in the Philippines. And last year, when COVID hit, basically the entire of the Philippines shut down. Right, so. They had to then scramble to onshore a whole bunch of people, you know, in Australia. And there was just a whole swath of things that couldn't be done because oh their contact gosh. center in the Philippines was closed. So they couldn't yeah. do number porting. They got backlogged by by months, you know. A number port that normally takes sort of seven to ten business days then blew out. So and then depending on the category of number, you know, if it's if it's a if it's a group of a hundred numbers or if it's a different category of number, it can take six weeks, can take eight weeks. Some numbers, if they're complex services, like if they've got, um, you know, 
services attached to it, line hunts and things like that. They're like a physical line hunts built into the phone system. Oh wow! You 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 just can't you can't port them. Totally, so totally. It's it's all like hosted cloud hosted is amazing, and and like modern PBX systems are amazing because they're all online based. You, if you want to move a number, you can move a number. Typically, what we Correct, would do yeah. is we would, you know, when you when you purchase a line from us, you would get a number with it. And so what we would suggest is like take your current number, forward that to the new number, and then submit the number port. So when right. the number that's, port happens, yeah. then the number port is set up on our side. Exactly. So, yeah. That's what we yeah, ended that's, up doing. That's usually, yeah. With and everything. That's, that's usually the easiest way of, and the most seamless way of doing it. Yeah. yeah, we forwarded everything, which they didn't suggest. We just ended up figuring it out. That's what we're going to do. Mm. We forwarded everything, and then we're like, whenever they port, they port, and we'll just call it good, you know? Yeah. And the so. thing is, they say like it'll be ten thirty on Tuesday, but the process might start two hours before that. So your phones might just not work for two hours until the the, the port completes. Right, exactly. So it's a it's a it's a gnarly business. It's a so, gnarly business, but yeah. it's, it's good fun. For any of you out there dealing with phone number porting, I'm so sorry for you and for your loss and for your <laughs> sanity. And uh, but the fact that they gave you an API that allows you to sort of and the API is, makes it a lot more powerful because you can for sure within does. your CRM, for example, just say I want to I want to call this customer and so you don't have to look at the number and then dial it in your phone and then misdial it oh sorry exactly. wrong number. you just like exactly click the right. button in your yes. crm it it's linked into like your logged in account so you yep. know jake banner is extension one two three one two three so when jake banner is logged into the crm and clicks call then it fires off the the call request and hits your handset and starts dialing exactly so there are so, yeah, no handsets cool. it's all soft phones which is it's what soft phones yeah nice. Um, but the way we the way they do it too is like each agent when they log in gets a session ID, and so they have mm-hmm. like a soft phone on their desktop. But there's no way for us to retrieve that session ID that's returned to them when they log in. So what we had to do is we had to create another login page for them in one of our apps that will allow them to put in their credentials, and then it, when it gets back that session, it saves it, mm-hmm. saves that session locally. But then it also pushes it up to one of our sort of like workers, which just kind of sits in the back. We just call it Lambda. It's just our Lambda. And basically, that is the thing that's responsible for pausing phone calls. So if they go into a field that's like where they would put a credit card number in or where they'd put a bank number in or whatever, whenever it goes into that field in our system of record, it sends a curl request to Lambda. And Lambda says, take the, take the session that, that they got last time they logged in and go pause their phone mm-hmm. call. So each agent nice. has their own session ID. And so then you have also like top level user IDs. So users are like admin users and then agents are like people who are actually on the phone. So it's, yeah, it's been, it's been really interesting. It's been, um, because their API is pretty dang solid. So that's made it nice. And that was one of the huge reasons why we did it. It allows our people to be able to dial phones much more accurately and much, much more quickly. So yeah, pretty yeah. nice. Pretty nice. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. So, hey, man, what's going on with you? Uh, I was going to talk to you a little bit about Alpine and Tailwind and Vue today. Mm. But if you have anything else you want to talk about other than that stuff, hit me. Uh, yeah, I've been I've been playing around a little bit with uh, Alpine, and uh, not Alpine with Tailwind this week and and Livewire building uh, a, a new landing page. So got to yeah, spin up really a good. new Laravel app and and put that together. Just you know, clicking components together and making up some content and things like that. So Tailwind uh, Tailwind UI has certainly made that pretty simple because it's just these are the things that I need and just figuring out what order to put them on the page and what reads well and things like that. So um, got to have a play around with that. Got to use a bit of live wire just because there's a form on the page that that sends off a, a contact request to our ticket system. So 
just using live wire for that. For sure. Yeah. It, it was nice. And yeah, I built myself a little, I shared some, some screenshots of it on Twitter, separate, separate to work, just building a little dashboard for my uh, home solar. So just so I can see, you know, when it's generating and how much it's generating and when I'm drawing from the grid and when I'm just using the home battery and things like that. So that was that was a bit of fun, just slapping together some towers. That looked really and, nice. Yeah, those icons. Where'd you get those from? Uh, most of them are heroicons, but really? there's a couple of fun, awesome ones in there. Just because there's no, there was no like heroicons is kind of made for application UIs, sure, so it doesn't yeah. have, you know, things that are not applications. So it was weird that it had a sun, but it didn't have like a power icon or or one of those. I don't know. I don't remember which it was, but it was one they just didn't have. So I had to use a couple of font awesome icons. The battery icon is not actually an icon. That's just a couple of divs all slapped together. Oh, like, really? Nice. You did like a little yeah, CSS just battery, the, huh? Yeah, just a little CSS battery. So nice. Yeah, that was that was cool. Just slapping that all together, and then got my um. I had some outdoor cameras put in, like surveillance cameras. So they just yeah. slapped that in there as well, so I can watch my driveway from that dashboard as well. That's pretty handy. Is, uh, yeah. It's, it's just a fun little project that kept me up way too late during the week because that's you know the only time that you have time to do anything when you work full time and have kids is after the kids go to sleep. Yes, so between indeed. like eight and one, which is why we're recording this right now. It's eleven fifteen yeah. my time, and it is nap time for you guys. <laughs> it works out pretty well. Yep. Um. Yep. So yeah, when you a... when you do that layout, uh, we're you using Grid or Flexbox. Uh, I just Grid. Yeah. Um, just because it makes it easy because I know that there's always going to be eight tiles and I want there to be two rows, to, you know, on a, on a desktop, I want there to be two rows of, of four and on a mobile, I want there to be, um, you know, just one column and on a sort of tablet, it's, uh, four rows of two columns. So it just makes it easy to do that. I suppose like Flexbox would be okay as well. Comes down to grid just makes it a little bit easier to size them. If you use Flexbox, you kind of have to say, they have to be fixed dimensions. Yeah. If you want them to all be the same, whereas grid, you just tell it how many rows and columns there are, and it will just figure it out and make sure they're all the same width and height. Totally. It's like with grid. So I'm still trying to figure out like my heuristic for like when do I use grid, when do I use flexbox? I feel like I use grid as like a higher level sort of layout deal, and then flexbox is more like at the component level when I'm aligning items together. You know, when mm-hmm. I'm saying I want these two to be the same height or I want these. Well, not the same height. That's not right. I, a, um, like a line center. Yeah, a line center, center you know, or a line top mm-hmm. or something like that, right? Uh, or justify yep. between, which is really nice. Mm-hmm. Like when you have like push them to either side, right? Yeah. Um, yep. So yeah, so it's like grid is more like, hey, here are a couple things I want to lay out. Or like if I have you know a set of six features, and then I have inside of each one of those little things, I have like a little the little feature, whatever, would be probably aligned with Flexbox, but then all of them aligned mm-hmm. together is going to be used with Grid. Um, so yeah, it's like with Tailwind UI recently, like in this most recent project I've been working on, I've used it more as a reference than as a guide. Because, well, as a reference instead of like a, um, as, as the library is intended to be used, which is to copy and paste out components, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I've basically looked at a lot of the different pieces and and sort of, picked apart how it is that they're doing different things so like when they have this one section where there's text on the left and then an image on the right so it's it's almost like asking steve like steve what would you do in this case like how would you build this right mm-hmm. like i'm always annoyed when i have something like that where i have like a half an image on the header and then you expand it out beyond like what would normally be a container size and what happens at that point do you just have a cutoff image on the right or does it expand mm-hmm. all the way and for them it's like it expands all the way i'm like that's great how do you do that right 
And so they use absolute positioning in a decent amount of things, which I was actually like, oh man, like absolute positioning always feels so hacky to me, but not the way that they Mm. do it. The way that they do it, Mm. like it's in the standard flow at at mobile size. And then when they want to bring it up to the header, they put it in an absolute absolute position. I'm like, wow, that's really cool. And so um, I've been doing that a bit lately, which has been really, really nice. I like how that feels. Mm. We're like on mobile, you have just text by itself and then the image underneath. And then when you get to desktop size, it's like, I have a little more room, but I don't have enough room to fill the screen with the text. So I'll just push the yeah. text off to the left and then bring that image that was previously was underneath it up to the right and just send it, mm-hmm. you know, like uh, absolute position it there and then let it flow out to the right. Yeah. So it's been really, I, I do uh, like the really absolute nice. positioning for that for that kind of stuff. I do find I shoot myself in the foot though. Yeah. Because <laughs> like, it Agreed. doesn't quite work always. You know, you go like top zero, bottom zero right zero whatever or inset whatever inset zero inset y, inset y zero i think yeah. it puts it like right inside yeah. the top or whatever inset y yeah so there's yeah. that but then i had like a like a scroll to top or back to top mm. thing that i'm like once you scroll past a certain point display this but have it like fixed in the bottom but you want it to be fixed on the bottom of the viewport not on the bottom of the page and yeah. things like that so oh, and then when yeah. you start when you start positioning things like that the z index gets out of whack so yeah you know, you actually have to say it's like something higher than the rest of it. Otherwise, it ends up going behind all the content Correct. and things like that. So there's, when you start hacking around with things like that, you get all these gotchas. But um, yeah, it's, yeah three it's things. Nice. Three things with absolute positioning. Make sure that you have... Yeah, the relative parent. Yes, exactly. Make sure you have a relative parent. And then make sure that, um, yeah, if you're going to set a Z index, so like if you have something that comes later on in the flow and then you absolute position it over top of something that was earlier in the flow, it's definitely going to be over top of it. So you've got a Z index, Mm -hmm. those items that were previous. And Mm -hmm. those Z indexed items have to have a position of relative on them in order to have the Z index applied or absolute, whatever. Yeah. But um, like my nav, for example, my nav was always up at the top and then I'd have the text and then the image underneath. And when I absolute position that image, it clobbers the nav or it goes over the top of it. Mm. So even though the mm-hmm. nav itself isn't absolutely positioned, I have to put a relative position on it with the Z index in order to kind yeah. of put it over top of that image. Yeah, so it's been a, it's been a little bit of an adventure, but I, I think a lot of things that like Tailwind UI does is it basically as I look at the code, it gives me permission to do things that I didn't do before. Because mm-hmm. as I as I look at like how it how it looks on the page, it looks amazing. It looks great. It works yeah. every time. And so I forget um, that Adam has done all the research into making sure that it's like semantically yeah, sound exactly. and where it should be. And so I just trust that that it's fine. Because we had we had a fixed. Uh, so if you scrolled past, you know, the the hero image, the yeah. header becomes fixed and the footer becomes fixed. Yeah. So it's got like a view pricing in the footer. So you've got these two things at the top and the bottom. But then we have a like a flyout menu so if you hover over the nav it brings out the menu now the menu sat on top of the header but beneath the footer oh okay so like mucking around with that and then as you scroll down the page we had some elements that were like absolutely positioned and rotated and so these different elements depending oh, on like, where you scroll yeah. on the page with like They're one like on would be behind of- the footer <laughs> one would be above the footer oh, and my then gosh. And it's like, oh, and you're trying to play around with it. So you make one Z10 and one Z20, but that still doesn't work for some reason. But if you make it Z30, it's okay. And like just mucking around with all this kind of stuff. Yeah, so yeah. you've got to be careful when playing with Z indexes and, and you know, the absolute positioning and things like that. So I ended up, I have like a loading indicator on this dashboard using just like wire colon loading dot delay. So if it takes more than 200 milliseconds, it'll pop up a little loading indicator just so they know it's doing nice. something and getting that 
static. I think I used position fixed just to get it to like stay in the top right corner. Yeah. So and it just like flashes anyway. So it's not there for that long because the API, the the dashboard will hit the API that's on my Sonnen battery. So it's got its own little local API, which is much quicker than using the the app because the app is like phoning home to wherever their servers are and so it's that round trip and it just takes forever to load whereas the the local API running on the battery on my local network responds in like 20 milliseconds so it's just like yeah, just hit that and uh, and display what we need to display but that was nice just building all of that the whole dashboard is just a live wire component so I wrap the whole thing when I render it in a uh, wire colon pole nice um, yeah. and it would just like Every I think by default it's five. I've got it set to fifteen seconds. So by default it would just poll and it will just go and refresh that component, which will go and make the API request, which will then update it, and it will just reactively update the whole thing for me and just re-render whatever I need on the page. So it's uh, it's it was nice to do that because like I can't imagine doing all this stuff before, like where you would have to write your own jQuery to do your fetching or even you know using something like Vue would be easy, but it's just another thing in the tool chain. That I for this quick one page thing, I didn't want to bring in that. Whereas with Livewire, I could just write Blade and and PHP and just get it to do do its thing natively without having to think about it. Yeah, yeah. So I want to. So those that brings up two things. So while you're talking about Livewire poll, so what Livewire poll does right in the background is it basically will allow all the components within that poll to re. Is it how it works? No. I don't think it is how it works. Don't you have to put in a specific function that you're pulling? Livewire colon pull equals whatever. No, it would just, no. just... Oh, it is it equal, but that is the Refresh that component. That's right. Yep. yep. Okay. And so if you have nested components, it will refresh all of them mm-hmm. because you have, you're have you refreshing the top level. Yeah. Okay. So yep. I remember <laughs> I was looking for a quick way to build something and I wanted to have like a common... I wanted to have like a countdown timer, right? That would say, here's how many seconds are left on this thing. And like every second it should refresh to see who has the, t- basically what it was is it was an auction. That's what it was. It was a live auction. Mm-hmm. So everybody needed to be able to bid live and you'd be able to need to be able to see the top bidder live. And you needed to be able to see how many seconds were left live, all of that. And so mm-hmm. I used Livewire poll for that. And that was a mistake. Until you um, melted your server. It almost did. I mean, we had to like literally <laughs> 10 minutes before the thing we were testing it. We're like, this is not going to work. So we literally shut the server yeah. down, r- ramped the RAM up to 32 gigs of RAM and gave it like six more processors. And then we're like, okay, go. And it worked. Worked great. But yeah. yeah, would not suggest it. So the thing is, I actually did try. So like Livewire has the ability to integrate with Laravel Echo really nicely. So you can fire events mm-hmm. and then it will listen for those events and whatever. The thing that I found, the challenge that I faced is that I was not able to, with those events, push in a payload as well. Basically, the event, all the event was doing was triggering a refresh of the particular component. Like there was like, instead of using pull, just use this event. But the problem was, the the problem wasn't that I, I was having to, the problem was that I had to reload every second. That was the problem, right? There was no way for me to basically just say with Echo, hey, I'm passing this event, just consume the new value that I'm passing you in with Echo. It, there was no way to do yeah. that. Like you just, 
you're basically just using that event to say, hey, Livewire, go do your thing again. And it was like, I don't want to do that. That's that's the problem. Mm-hmm. I don't, I, I'm already sending the payload. All I need, all I'm sending yeah. you is literally a timestamp. That's it. That's all I need to send you. Or, hey, here's the new high bidder, you know? Um, yeah. And so it was not, this, this was not working correctly. But uh, <laughs> I don't know. That might be something I need to PR probably before next Christmas because it was a Christmas auction for our company. And um, like I said, it ended up working. You better start on it now. Wonderful. Know, start right? on it now so it's done in, <laughs> in nine months. That was a super fun project too. I really enjoyed that. <laughs> that was my first really deep dive into Livewire. Can you believe we're already a quarter of the way through the year? No, I don't want to hear that, man. Like we're it's already three crazy. months down. <laughs> that is crazy. It's right? wild how quickly. It is. It it's is. wild how much faster time seems to go now that I basically never leave my house. <laughs> right. <laughs> Like Except for like day. dropping You've Eli movie, off to, right? to childcare and and going grocery shopping and I suppose to the gym, I just don't don't go anywhere, don't do anything. One day a week I go to the office, but that's that's about it. Like, and the gym, oh, the gym. I on on Thursday night I got to the gym just after ten p.m. because that that was just when I had time to go. I'm like, I can't I can't skip today. I have to because I know Liv was not feeling well. She was like stomach thing or something. So she just screamed both at me and re in in turn because she just didn't want to go to sleep for two hours oh, no. and then eventually got her to sleep because i'm like well i can't leave the house with a screaming baby yeah number sure. one eli could wake up and then what's re gonna do number exactly. two i can't leave re with a screaming baby by, right, by herself right. um, and you, go to the gym yeah if you still want to be married when you get home you don't yeah so she did that and then eventually we got her to sleep and she slept through until about 3 30 and then she woke up and she did it again like she was just awake for two hours didn't want to go back to sleep and and like re and i both laying there dying trying to stay awake to you know make sure that she was okay and that and then eventually re's like it's your turn like you yeah, figure you out what to do, do with it because yeah. normally so it's, it's mum. the second <laughs> the yeah the second that i i hand live a crying live to re she's just like eh, but but not this so i went you know check the nappy is she too hot too cold all the all the stuff and then i just put it down on the bed like just on my bed i'm like i just need to put you down for a second and she just stopped straight away and she was like cooing and smiling and giggling i'm like are you kidding like you just didn't want, like she just didn't want to be held that's all it was sometimes she just doesn't want to be held and she will scream blue bloody murder until oh my until word. she's put down kids so, you know, she'll be upset and I'll be like, okay, I'll just put you on, on your little play mat and then she's fine. She'll just, ah, playing. She's sitting up now, like she can sit and and like just jamming things in her mouth and she's on solids and can't believe she's six months old already. It's just wild. Is, and it's just crazy. in like in the last sort of three weeks since she, she hit six months, she's just like she's sitting now. She's She's got two teeth through, the bottom two, just like her brother. Had the bottom two come through first. It's just unreal. And uh, my sister was supposed to be here today. Actually, she was supposed to fly down yesterday. And Brisbane, they had they had a community transmission case of COVID, which then you know this person he went to have his test. He didn't wait for the negative result. Oh yeah, um, I remember hearing about this. He he didn't have his negative result. Something is ringing, and I can't can't stop it. Um. Oh, actually, that's my sister calling me. Stop. Speaking of the devil. Go away. <laughs> um, so, yeah, she she was supposed to be here. And then she is not because of this thing. And, like, 
the COVID case went from Brisbane. They didn't wait for their negative results. So then they went to like the Gold Coast and like, or not the Gold Coast. They went like all over the, the Brisbane area. The like, and then there was a separate case that they were linked to someone that was working in a, in a quarantine hospital. And then they went down to Byron Bay, which is a tourist spot. And they must have gone to every single business in Byron Bay. And Byron Bay is close enough to where my sister lives that they had expanded. She, she was not in a restricted zone but she was in an area of increased testing, which basically meant that, like, you know, be vigilant. They had to wear masks everywhere with our outside and things like that just as a as a precaution. And my brother-in-law and my nephew both work in the hospital. So, you know, they're extra vigilant because if you're working in a hospital, you know, in medical, then you've got to be careful. And so we were, like, watching it because – she got screwed out of coming to visit us last year this time for my for my grandma's birthday because COVID started this time last year. And so, you know, we we're watching it and then the net widened and then it was like, you know, we weren't sure if she'd be able to get in and if she got here, would she have to quarantine? And we we figured in the end that like she'd have to come and she would have to get tested on day one. And she couldn't go anywhere until she got a negative result. But then she wouldn't she didn't have to isolate. But she still had to get tested on days five and twelve. But she was not going to be here. Like she was only she was coming here on Saturday and she was going to be leaving on Friday. So she wasn't going to be here that long. Right, sure. And so she where she lives in northern New South Wales, she'd have to like go from New South Wales into Queensland, fly from Queensland to SA, and then do that in reverse to go home. So, you know, she'd be traversing the borders there, and then that gets tricky when the the COVID stuff is is murky and then while she wouldn't have to isolate while she was here, she wouldn't be able to go to any events that had a COVID plan, which means that, you know, coming here for Easter, she wouldn't be able to, yeah. she wouldn't even be able to come. And then like, technically we wouldn't be able to come because then we would be in the same house as her. And so, it all would, so she had to cancel oh, her flights. And, so twice in a row, two years in a row. Jeez. So two years That's in a rough. row around the same time. She's So we're going to, we've pushed her back. We're going to try again in June and hopefully, you know, with the vaccine rolling out, it'll be a little bit easier to, to sort of get it done because yeah we're all a bit bit miffed that that for she's sure man that's a huge missed out again so wow. it's hard because we haven't seen her for well since Christmas of 2019 we were Jeez. we were there yeah. so yeah it's hard I mean we don't that you is, know man. we usually see her once every couple of years but um you know we've had the opportunity just sort of taken from us twice yeah which is a bit annoying so yeah gee whiz. Anyway. sorry to hear that man anyway anyway I am. Um, I need to go. Okay. And well, hey, I was make sure my say, children are ready. Cue this up for next time. I would love to talk about components next time. Blade yeah. components, view components, live wire components. components. I know. I love blade blade components. components too. Blade components and alpine and live wire components. We can talk about all that stuff. Um, I know Caleb is a busy, busy boy. Always fishing. He's got no time for anything. But I wonder if we could get him on and, and talk to him oh, about man, be components super because yeah, yeah. One thing that I find myself getting in trouble with is, and maybe I'll just leave this here and then we'll, then we'll wrap it up. I have a form group component and one of the attributes that I pass to it is a label. And so that is a blade component. But then I want to sometimes dynamically update that label using mm. Alpine. Mm, okay. But because, because the component is a blade component, 
I can't dynamically update that value with JavaScript because it has already been rendered by Blade. So what I ended up doing was using a watcher. So this is for a category. So if I if I choose a category from a dropdown, some of those categories may have a different label attached for a subsequent field. So it's like choose the category and then it's like, it could be like artist or it could be director or it could be producer depending on the category. And so I need to change that label. And so what I ended up doing is using a watcher for when the category changes. And then if I need to update the label, I would use like a document.getElementById and then I would target the ID inside that rendered blade component to then mm. update the the text text content, I think is the, is the HTML or the JavaScript thing for it. So... That worked and I kind of needed to ship this thing. So that's what I went with. But I wonder if there is a better way of doing it. And I think Caleb, Caleb would be, just the man would be to the man yeah. to tell me about that. All right. Next episode, everybody tune in. This has been episode 93. Right. Thanks so much for joining us. We really, really appreciate it. If you like the show, please rate it up in your podcatcher of choice. That'd be awesome. You can find show notes of this episode at northmeetsouth.audio slash 93 or catch up with us on Twitter at Jacob Bennett at Michael Dorinda or at North South Audio. Thanks so much, everybody. And we will see you in a couple weeks. See you. Bye. Bye.